Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. Today's Friday, and even though the episode won't come out on a Friday to my listeners, I'm really excited to, to have this guest here today for so many reasons. Well, first of all, Tracy Gunn, our guest, she is uh, built an empire, a candy empire. So sweet. This podcast is going to be really sweet, but really. But why I'm excited to have Tracy here today is that her she has rediscovered some 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 new sort of opportunities to serve others built on her experience right and and part of that is helping business owners understand the value of their business understand that there could be an exit strategy so you've put all this time into building your business what are you going to do and we tracy and i talked about the differences between uh you know the startup mentality where i'm going to build to 100 million and get investors versus all the millions of small business owners, many who are baby boomers, who Tracy's going to talk about, who are going to retire, and there's not going to be enough buyers in the market. So Tracy, I want to welcome you to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be so fun. I love Absol talking about this. I Absolutely. Really excited. Well, but before we do, tell us your story, like back okay. when you started the can or even before right. the candy company like what were your passions then did you think that you were going to be a business owner entrepreneur hmm. i've always been someone who loved like the freedom of choice and so i had children pretty young i'm a grandma now so yay grandma wow i well that wasn't a, i wasn't fishing for a compliment but i'll take it <laughs> no i know but you don't look it so I have two grandchildren now, but I was the mom at 21 and I stayed home. I homeschooled. I supported my husband who was running his own business, helped him with that. I kind of ran the business of home. He ran the business of work. And um, eventually we, my ex was in 9-11 in and we had this like, we moved to New Hampshire from Long Island and he just had this really hard time. Like a lot of people mm. did after 9-11. And sure everything kind of hit the fan. And instead, I've always been the, someone who's been kind of independent and make lemonade kind of gal, which I think most entrepreneurs are, we can all relate to that. Like we're going to make the best of this and fix it. And so um, when everything kind of hit the fan, I was like, I'm going to just create my own little world that I could be in charge of. Mm -hmm. I get to say what happens. It's not going to be based on my husband or my kids. My kids went to school. I didn't abandon them. Uh, they went to school. They abandoned me. It was sad, but it was fine. <laughs> and so I created this whole new world that I was like, oh, I'll just have a candy store. And I was like, I'll just do it. And I just figured it out. I was like, I could do this. And I did. And so I created it. I, and every decision mattered because I didn't have any money. We kind of went bankrupt from my ex and, and just all these terrible things. It was hard on my family. But wow. I will tell you, I named it Life is Sweet because I figured if I said it long enough, that I would believe it and remember, <laughs> right? Because what we went from everything being sweet to not so sweet, but I recreated my reality. And this is why I love businesses that you get to create something from nothing. Yeah. And you get to make it what you all that you want it to be. And that's mm -hmm. what I did with the candy store. And then that lasted a while. And then I was like kind of bored with the candy store and cereal entrepreneur, shiny object. That's like, right. I'll just start a, I'll start a restaurant. Sure, that's easy. I had Ooh. never run a restaurant. I had worked in them. I had been a waitress. So I started a restaurant from scratch, like menu, liquor, like seating, kitchen, staff, like all that's I created. Business. It was so fun. And then I had some problems with my landlord. 
And so I was like, I'm just going to go somewhere else. And then I started another restaurant because, you know, I could do everything. <laughs> Time is not a problem. Life is sweet. Sure. And then in the middle of the second restaurant, then I decided, sure, we'll open another candy store. So I had the crazy time of like, you know, this is what we do as entrepreneurs. We're so excited about the new thing. We don't want to run necessarily, or we get it running well enough that we just kind of move on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then I just one day, 18 hours a day. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just hit the wall. So you can only do that. My candy store right now is 17 years old, but I had had the the two restaurants, we were three years in, no, yeah, four years into the first restaurant, two years into the second restaurant, you know, however many mm-hmm. for the candy stores. And I just had hit the wall. Wow. I think a lot of us do this, right? We bite off more than we think we'll figure it out because that's what we do. We always figure it out. And um, so long story short, I'll get that point is that I, I wanted to sell. I just thought, gosh, I had a new grandbaby. I wanted more, some freedom. I wanted to explore some new fun things. I was tired of the old. And I was like, let me just get rid of one of these. And I thought, I'll just sell it. So I found a broker, right? That's what most people will do. They'll find a broker. He'll come. He'll tell me it's worth. It probably won't be worth what I think it's worth, mm-hmm. but it'll be worth something and I'll sell it and lickety split will be done. And then that's not what happened. What happened was the broker told me it wasn't worth it. And then what do you do? Like you built all this stuff. And then I started looking at all my business. I thought, are all of them not worth anything? And so I had to really decide what am I going to do about that? And that is like my long story short of right. My enthusiasm to being burnt out, to be the harsh reality of Mm. not worth anything. And what are you going to do about it? So being the fixer that I am, I was like, I'm just going to fix it. I can fix it. I can do this. Mm -hmm. I I built it from scratch. That was hard. This should be easy. And that's what I did. And I found a buyer in three months. He was sitting at my bar. And so, um, so this like launched my new passion project is like really educating and reaching out and helping people who maybe have listed and nothing happened. They're in the dead pile or people who want to sell, but they can't find somebody to buy it. And they've listed it. Nothing's happening. Or they got a valuation of zero, which pretty disheartening. Um, or maybe it's just not worth as much as they thought it was going to be worth, right? Because most of us don't even know how to value it. Yeah, We're just in right. it. So that's kind of who I'm talking to. And you know what? If you're someone who wants to sell in five years, cool, let's talk about it too. But I'm just trying to ring the bell, raise the awareness about this is like a real part of your business that I had no thoughts about. I didn't plan. I didn't think about it at all. And it was such a huge part, right? So anyway, that's- Well, I love it. No, I love it. I mean, your story is is one that uh, I think for our listeners, for the ones who are small business owners and are building or getting ready to retire, I shared a few stories of some of my clients with you, people who are like, hey, I don't want to sell. I just want to get out. And I'm like, that's okay. You could do that. Mm -hmm. But here's someone who you have a relationship with and I'm telling you that your business is valuable. Yeah. And, and, and in both of those cases, they, they kind of went back to it and said, you know what? I am going, going to kind of take a few steps back. And why wouldn't, like, if you actually have relationships that are valuable in your business, yes. solid customers, you have IP, so you, you, you have you know, intellectual property that's mm-hmm. valuable, why yeah. would you just fold because you're saying, well, I'm going to be 65 and I'm ready to retire. I, I don't care if I'm 80, if I have something of value and I'm ready to let go of it, I would want to monetize it 
and get as much return on my investment as possible. Why not? Right. Why? I mean, why not get the big exit? I mean, but, and you know what, that the unfortunate part is, I mean, cause I I've in all of, in all of my uh, experiences of talking to business owners, some of them just don't want to do the work. They're like, I'm just going to let it go in a year. COVID was hard on them. They're burnt out. They're tired, especially in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. But what if you could just make some small changes? What if you could exit strong instead of just letting it all go? Mm-hmm. What if you could make it work and have someone come in and earn in 50% and then you just get the benefits without them doing any other work? Like there's so many options that you could. And if you want to liquidate in the end, fine. But the simple fact is, I think the stats right now are that 85% of the boomers who are going to be retiring need to sell to retire mm. this is not like luxury like right. oh, i'll sell it if i feel like this is we need it you know i have this ad and it was a little controversial but it was like don't be a walmart creator you know the guys who are there and they're 80 years old and they're the nicest people and they're great and super friendly but do you think that that was their dream to be working at 85 that's of nobody course not. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's just if they're doing it to be happy, cool. But right. most of us, if if your business doesn't sell, you're probably gonna have to work in some capacity. Yeah. Because so my mom is 72 this year. Mm-hmm. Now, my family, the women live to like 99. That my grandmother, my great-grandmother, I said to her the other day, you can live another 25 years. She's been yeah. retired for 12. That's crazy. That's 37 years of retirement. <laughs> yeah, a third of your life, more than like, a third. Well, and so she had a pension. So and and that, and made some smart decisions, but but most of us business owners don't have a no, pension. No. So think about living 30 more years with no income. Right. Well, like, I think I think in in today's economy with the the explosion in, in inflation and everything that's happening, I think yeah. it's got a lot of people think like even in just the past year. Yeah. The events of the past year, I think people are like Whoa. Whoa. Yes. Hold on a second, I mean, you know? So it's cr- and what will this look like in two years or in five years when the you know the stats are that in the next they say five to ten years, it, I think it's sooner because people are burnt. Um, the boomers who own 10 to 12 million small businesses mm-hmm. are going to retire. They're just done. And some of them are like I've had some guys who have been working 50 years on their business and they're just done. And they're trying to figure out how the heck do I get myself out of this now? But that in, so I'll give another stat, 90%, this is from biz by sell, 90% of listed businesses. So that, that are listed for sale, do not sell. Those are not the ones that don't even get listed. That's just the ones that are listed. I didn't realize it's that many percent. And so let's say it's 75. Let's go optimistic. That is a crazy amount. So out of the 10 to 12 million that will be for sale, if 75% of them don't sell. So yeah, you've got, yeah, tons of you've got products problems. that will, well, and tons of great, great solutions and services, products that gone. people have created that will just die, die right there. And employees will be gone. Right. Services will be gone. Yeah. The economy will be in trouble. Like, so Again, it's this huge issue that no, that where nobody's really talking about just because it's not at our awareness. Well, you, you know, Tracy, and it gets me thinking. I, I love that you're sharing that stat with our listeners because it gets me thinking about the difference between if you're trying to buy a business or start a business. So let's start there, the buyer mm-hmm. side. Yep. If I if I have two options, let's say I 
just got out of my nine to five. I've, I've built some wealth and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to start my own business. Always wanted to have that freedom. Right. I can either buy a franchise. I yep. can buy an established business like what you're talking about, yep. or I could just start it on my own and right. go through all the ebbs and flows. Those are like three very different paths. Yes. And I think the one that you're talking about that, that to me is like the one that is the most unique and the least amount of work. Like if you're starting something from scratch, you and I know that if you look at the stats with the SBA, most businesses actually fail because of lack of market yeah. product fit. Like, like they just to like 90%. Yeah. Like, but a it's, hum- like a humongous number. It so is. And, if- and, and I talk about it often. It's because I'm on the marketing side. Yeah. Yeah. It's because entrepreneurs, especially the first stage. Yeah. They love their idea. Yeah. They swear it's going to work, but yeah. most of them fail because you, the first question I asked Tracy is like, okay, so you have this idea for a product or service, an iteration of one or just yeah. one that already exists, but you think you're going to do it better. How many customers or prospects have you talked to before you dump right. all this money into it? Right. Zero. Right. Most business owners are not doing that research. And what yeah. I like about what you're talking about is buying an established business. Yeah. What an opportunity. Well, it's, it's proven. You know, there's like a lot of different programs out there that will teach you like Roland Frazier's amazing at this. I'm in his mm. program about buying um, businesses for zero money out of pocket that there's mm. like the business will buy itself. And there's mm. all these ways, but there's just, so what's going to happen? This is my little prediction. And I'm not the only one saying this, but in the next five years, when all these mo- businesses come on the market mm-hmm. over the next five years, people are going to be flipping businesses. Like they mm-hmm. flip houses Got it. because there's just going to be such an opportunity and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe more people will start to think about not only as a seller, like, how can I get this? So like I had a restaurant guy, I'll give an example. And he just had been doing it 35 years. He had all these amazing contracts. He's from New Jersey and he was doing mostly catering, most of the events and obviously COVID hard. Last mm. couple of years, right? Not big events and things like that. But he has a great business, great connections. He just did, he's burnt out. And I said, why, why don't you just find somebody who's graduating from culinary school and teach them? You are given the opportunity of earning in without having to own, like to spend all the money with all mm. your expertise, with all your connections. You can even keep half, earn yourself out. He can earn in. Sure. Who, who graduated from college with debt? would not love an opportunity oh, to get paid to own yeah. a business and, and like, learn and have that mentorship, which is yes. so valuable. So that's a huge opportunity. People are like, well, where do I find my buyers? Well, that's part of the thing, right? I have this new thing I've been talking about is like the top five mistakes that business owners make that are making their businesses unsellable, right? Oh, okay. But one of them is one of them is not thinking about who their buyers could be someday. Okay. Right. Cause it could be anybody. You just, and if you figure out who's the most likely person to buy your business or earn in or however mm-hmm. you want to exit, whether it's going to be your employees, well, you, you operate differently. If you're going to mm-hmm. sell to your employees, if you are going to sell, have someone earn in, well, you set it up a little different. You work on your SOPs a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You really nurture that relationship. You figure out how long it's going to take for you to teach them everything right? You figure out who you're looking for. If you're going to sell to like, I found a buyer in my bar, he was sitting at my bar. 
I didn't mm-hmm. expect to sell to him, but he asked me, he liked what I was doing. He liked what I had figured out and the things I had changed uh, when I figured out how to fix my mess, right. And get myself out of it. He mm-hmm. loved all that. And he loved the place. And he always dreamed about being a bar, like an owner of a bar. Yeah. He was not a business owner. He was a nine to fiver with a pension. He was, he took his money out of his 401k to buy a business because it was his dream. Mm-hmm. I never realized I thought it would just be an investor or something. Right. But my point is, is if you start to think about who might brainstorm it, write 10 things down, come up with 10 and then think about who is the most likely. Maybe it's somebody in your vertical. Maybe it's your supplier. Right. right. Maybe it's yeah. somebody you service. You just cool. don't know. Well, you know what we did, um, um, Tracy, I've shared with my community here many, many times mm-hmm. the story, 2008, 2009. When that recession hit, we had built a construction company with trucks and we had 40 close to 40 employees. I mean, it was it was growing, growing, growing. And then I did what we all as entrepreneurs, not all, but some of us have done over leveraged myself by investing in so many other startups and businesses. And many of those were like flipping houses. Obviously, I had the construction business. Why not? Makes sense. Makes sense. Very stupid. Right. And then over overnight, everything dropped. And then yeah. that business, the residential side, the construction stopped yeah. overnight. And so we had this huge showroom, forklifts, millions of dollars in inventory. And we're looking at it and going, no one will buy the residential side, but the commercial side, we had commercial accounts right. that were solid with yeah. property managers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we started to look for uh, ways to merge with other companies. Mm. And, and then that didn't work. Then I went to business <laughs> brokers. And that also didn't work. Just like right. your point, yeah. it was listed, it was listed, and it wouldn't move. Yeah. But then what we did is we, at that time, 2009, started to do outreach uh, mm. to, to other businesses that were smaller than us, but weren't looking to merge, just flat out by our commercial mm. side. And we <laughs> held we held what we called open house. Right. So we had the location, everything, and sure. we just invited them in so that they could see what the operation right. looked like and knocked out meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. And we were able to sell wow. the, 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 the assets that were still valuable. Trust right. me, most right. It was no longer valuable at that well, time. But um, my point is, you got creative. I got creative because I had to, Tracy, because yes. I wasn't ready. And I think what you're talking about yeah. is just being proactive and exploring, yes. discovering these, these opportunities. So I, I right. love that. Well, it's thinking about the end game, right? Like, we, okay, so if we all start our businesses, and let's say we did it theoretically the right way, right? Where we created a business plan, and yeah. strategize. Most of us didn't. I'll yeah. be honest. No. No. <laughs> but. I had one for a different business and then I was like, oh, a candy store. And that's what I did instead. But (laughs) but my point is, is like if we did it from the beginning, Mm -hmm. we all should have included a piece by how it's how this ends. How does the story end? That final chapter. Can we do this dream about how that's. How does this end is that we're in rocking chairs with grandchildren and the whole, right? We, we have a, we have a, we forecast what we think is going yeah. to happen. Yeah. Right. And, and we do that when we start, right. We think, oh, it's going to be a billion dollar idea or I'm going to have 20 candy stores or whatever. Like we're so enthusiastic and we're like dreaming and future pacing and all the things. And then we get in it, right. And we get tired and yeah. life and, and then we stop thinking about that end and we're just surviving every day. 
or just getting through to vacation or whatever crisis. And COVID was not helpful for most of us. Yeah. I mean, it did have a huge cash infusion for a lot of people, but that rooster's going to come home. That, that, that chicken's going to come home to roost and they're going to have to pay back all that money, the loans and stuff like that. Some yeah. got forgiven, but some didn't. And it's like, what's the end game? Where are we going with this? Mm-hmm. What's the plan? And, and I am a hundred percent guilty of having zero plan yeah. on that end game. And this is like the biggest thing. And it's like, it's a fun exercise to really dream. It's a fun exercise. Like, where, where do I think this could go? How do I want to exit? What net level do I want to get to? When will I want to exit? What's my number? Who would want it? When do I want to do it? How does it look like? Right. You know, would I do it right now if the right guy showed up? Most times, no. Most times it's not transferable right now. Right? And so all those things are just things. It doesn't require a lot of work. It just right. requires setting aside the time to think about it. Yeah. Well, and I think having someone on on your side like you, who who is unbiased, right? I mean, look, you could hire a business coach or consultant. I mean, there's lots of people that can help yeah. you. But I think someone like yourself who you've gone through that that path, and then now you can say, like, look, here are the pitfalls, what to avoid, the do's, the don'ts, um, yeah. and come into that community. I think it's very powerful because as you said, it's not that it takes so much work. It's just you really do have to take time out. Yeah. And go through the planning and the strategies yeah. and the, I, yeah. I call it the plan failures and plan successes. It's looking like. far out nice. and, and knowing that there are going to be failures and successes. But if mm-hmm. you think through it, if yeah. you, it's kind of like um, we're about to go up to New York with um, my family and I were about to drive up there with the, this little RV trailer we have. Cool. And, uh, you know, we have, it's not just like driving a car where you could just go to any town. Right, right. So you really have to map it out, which I'm not a map it out kind of guy either. Right. right. Like I, we, we, we drove through Europe, through South America. Like I can just get in a car. I don't need a map or GPS. Right. I love to discover things. Right. Um, but in this case with four kids and my wife and the RV, I really have to like map it yes. out because yeah. otherwise, so I kind of feel like that it's yes. sort of the same with well, what you're talking about. You don't want to be that guy who shut down um, the, like Southern oh, State turn- Parkway on Long Island because your RV can't fit under the bridge because you didn't read the sign that says no trucks. Exactly. Right? Like yeah. the height difference because we all curse those people like, why didn't you listen? Right. Right? It's the disaster that's coming and the impact. So that's the other part, right? We talk about the ripple effect of that. Mm-hmm. Not just economy, your employees, but your family. Like most of us, I, I think, I think, I think it's been proven that small business owners are like the superheroes of our country. We are passionate and we create something from nothing and we give it all. And often not for more money than we get working for somebody else. Not always with the no. reward, right? No, you're right. Yeah. But we keep doing it because we love it. And we love yeah. what the opportunity and what yeah. America and like the opportunity of, you know, the American dream and, yeah. and to get, all the way and get something successful and build it and then not be able to sell it. Right. Cause yeah. I, Dan Kennedy says that every business is built with the intention to sell. Like mm-hmm. we all dream of the big exit. Right. Yeah. And to get to the end line and just be, and, and just liquidate to see it. Now, some people that's their choice and that's fine. Sure. If that's sure. your choice, but don't do it because it's the only thing you can do. 
Sure. Right? Because you deserve that exit. And our country, I think our economy needs that service. Does you know, you know what? I mean, in this conversation, Tracy, I know we're talking a lot about the the business aspect, the asset, Mm. the service, the all of that stuff. But to me, the thing that stands out the most is the because I lecture at colleges to undergrads and MBAs Mm. and Mm -hmm. and you see sort of the the next generations, what they look like and what they what they're strong in and what they lack. I, I think in this conversation that we're having today for our listeners, there's a huge opportunity for a a like a knowledge transfer from the the old to the new that i i think you can't Mm -hmm. overlook that because the for me mentors have played a huge part in my life um and so i'm thinking right now of all these other business owners friends clients who are telling me i want to shut down close whatever yes and I'm thinking like, man, these are like brilliant people, as you mentioned, all yeah. the small business owners, yeah, really yeah. hard work. They could transfer that. And I think your example of the restaurant guy with taking yeah. someone that just graduated from culinary, yeah. it's a perfect example of transferring Easy. that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And well, and it's funny, I was um, kind of in, I, I proposed to the, uh, a bunch of chambers to do this like talking tour, talking about this, because okay. let's be honest, the chambers, if all these 12 million businesses disappear in five years, what's there happening are. for the chamber? Agreed. What happens for their town? What happens? So we've been talking about it. We're still in talks about it. I'd love, I mean, I just love talking about this. And I think it's so important. Like I am out to save business owners. Like I want them to get the exit they deserve. And I want those businesses to exist. But yeah. anyway, long story short, they had said this one that I talked to up in, it was Niagara Falls region. There was, I think, six of them that kind of associated. Mm -hmm. And they had like 15, 20 years ago, they had started this program to try to match people who wanted to buy businesses with people who were thinking about like ending, exiting Mm -hmm. and trying to build this database. But again, it wasn't so crucial and they didn't get the support. But like there is this opportunity. And I think maybe that'll come. And that's one of the services we provide for like for people who do our course with us or they sign on. Like we help you get it transferable. We help you figure out who to exit, how to exit, all the options, help you figure out those things. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we do on the end is once you get it transferable and you get the things and you get some time freedom, then you got to decide, do I want to keep this? Because now all of a sudden I have time and things are running smooth. And it's more profitable. Do I even want to sell? But if you do, how do I want to sell? What are my options? Because, you know, the standard is going to be for most people, oh, I'll just get a broker. That's right. And brokers have their place. But the simple fact is, is like I have a broker that I use because we flip houses. And but my um, I asked my broker, so, so how does this work for you? And she her job and she said this flat out is to keep the owner and the buyer completely separate to be that wall. And if you can never get a seller and a buyer together to find the win-win, what's the likelihood that's ever going to sell? Right. I think it gets back to your stat where, you know, most most don't sell. (laughs) Deal killers. Yeah. And I mean, they, they serve the purpose and if it's a no brainer, it might be easy, but most businesses are not no brainers. There's a lot of, it's not like buying and selling a a property, buying and selling a property. I've, I've bought yeah, dozens without right. ever even knowing who was there, okay. both commercial and residential. I could care less. I just right. looked at the stats. It You're worked. Like, okay, the we numbers got it. worked, yep. right? Numbers worked. But, mm-hmm. but that's not business. You're it's absolutely not. right. 
And mm-hmm. so much of it will be an end how to exit. So this is the, this is my favorite part of what we do. The course part is that the end of they do all these things. And then we say, okay, if you do want to sell, these are all the things you could think about how to sell. These are all the different ways. And it's not just hiring a broker, having them list it, waiting for somebody to knock on the door and then giving them 10%. That is maybe yeah. the last option. <laughs> Cause there's so many, like, so we have, you know, buying groups that we're associated with and but like we talked about the earning in for people coming out of college or what about high school i mean there are industrious kids who mm-hmm. come out of high school and do not want to go to college and are ready to start a business or ready to work and they have energy they're young i, I actually i'll give you a, a perfect example of that uh, tracy my uh, pool guy, Jacob, he's a young mm-hmm. guy from Boston yeah. and um, he, he got COVID a few months ago and then mm-hmm. they sent some, uh, someone else, pinch a penny. Right, right. So pinch a penny sends another guy, young guy. I said, oh, wow. This guy's young. I get out there. I'm talking to him, you know, whatnot. And he says, oh yeah, I've just been in cleaning pools now for like a year. I like it. It's lucrative. I make a good yeah. living, but my dream is to have my own pool route. And I said, oh, well, have you looked into buying a pool route? And he said, nice. well, yes, I have. But I mean, you know, they're they're like 30, 40, 50, 60,000 yeah. dollars. And between the equipment and the truck and all of that, right. I, I don't think I'll ever. I said, whoa, 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 don't say never. That's your first right. mistake right there. The fact that you said never. And then when you're talking about that, Tracy, I'm like, here's a perfect opportunity yes. for a young kid who came out of, you know, and he said, I try to do the the, the college thing. It wasn't for me. So it's still expensive, right? I mean, the debt for for decades, you know, to get a degree. I mean, some people like my daughter's a doctor. She had to go to medical Mm -hmm. school. I get that. She's got plenty of debt. You know, I have one who's um, like a data analyst. She's a math degree. Okay. She had to go to college for that, you know, but not everybody does. No, everybody has a different path. And and of course there are those, those, those young Tracy's young Alex's out there who no matter what are going to want their freedom. I mean, you could offer me a million dollars a day. I wouldn't go work a nine to five, but that that's no dig on the people who want to work a nine to five. It's just not for me. I would make you crazy if I worked in your organization. I probably would. I know, you know my kids, my kids are like, why don't you just get a job? You could oh. just be, have it easy. And I'm no. like, yeah, I'd probably make more money too. But you know what? Yeah. I, I like, love exploring I like, and learning and yes. trying things and getting even my with fingers the, and everything. I know. Even with, even with the challenges and the messy, the, the pros are so yeah. strong. And it's like, you, oh, you yeah. sort of know, like these things exactly. don't exist in a job and, no. and vice versa. So I think that they're, you're right. It's a good point that the, mm-hmm. not only college kids, people who, who have gone to school, but also yes. uh, high school kids oh. who are yeah. looking but, for an alternative. But even people, I mean, people are working longer. Like I had a guy, Don, he, he had, you know, he had an amazing business. He had manufacturing in other countries. He did leather work for like Harley. And, oh, wow. and it was funny. We were on a challenge. And the other guys in the room knew his company. It's like, this is a good company. Um, and he had wholesale, he had retail, and then he had like uh, a contract with Tesla. He had contract with Mustang to do like, so, and he did this, you know, leather work. So, but he had had this business for 52 years, Wow! but he was a linchpin in everything. And then COVID. Yeah. And so he, we came up with a plan and he asked a lot of questions and he is so smart and we stayed in touch. He didn't do the course, but he 
got ideas because what he did was he carved off pieces mm-hmm. that he did, like he carved off the e-com first, sold it. So then mm-hmm. he could concentrate on the others that had more value. But he also had a plan of, I know I need to be here for at least a few more years. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just do it this year because I'm going to have to teach people all the things that I know. 52 years. I mean, imagine the, the history, the it's relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now he would be a great earning person because he could, but he was 72, 52 years in the company. Like, can wow. you imagine? But imagine if that business went away. Right. How terrible. Absolutely. No. Um, so anyway, so yeah, I just, and so I just think there's so many options. And I think the more that we talk it and bring it to the forefront and discuss it, like, and thank you again for this opportunity to talk about it, get people yeah. thinking about it. Um is that the more we talk about it, the more ideas we get about different ways that we can exit. Yeah. And I think you're building, the, you building this community where you can match the buyers, the sellers, oh, and, yeah. and then guide them together to, you know, really understand what the other side needs and the other side mm-hmm. wants in the sale and the buy well, side. Sometimes it's just educating them about, you know, finding the win-win, right? If the broker's ideas keep them apart, mm-hmm. Like I would never buy a business that yeah. I couldn't talk to the owner. Sure. Same here. Why would you do that? Like, and you know, there's so many advantages to seller financing. There's just so many different ways you can do it. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have to look like the cookie cutter. Right. And so I just think even talking about that is a huge advantage as a business owner to think about, to be at least introduced to the, yes. all of these options. So that way, when you get there, whenever that is, mm-hmm. you're like, I have choices. Yeah. Right. I love choices. Yes, absolutely. I think right? you creating this awareness is, is huge. And I think you are on to a big thing. And it, it's I hope just so. all the congrats on all the success you've had with the, with the candy you. company and everything oh, that you've yes. been doing. Life true, is sweet. <laughs> a true entrepreneur. And, oh, and yeah. what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you, Tracy? So we're actually running a challenge coming up soon. Um, Ooh, but if you were to go okay. to, and it's free, so it's five days, learn the five mistakes that uh, business owners are making that make their business not sellable. So um, we're going to go through every day and you're going to actually do things that get you some momentum. So that um, you can find the link to that at howtoexityourbusiness.com, which is the easiest one to remember. Mm-hmm. And then I'm Tracy Keating Gunn pretty much everywhere. So if you have any questions, I'd love, I just, you can tell, I get excited. I love Uh, talking about this. (laughs) Uh, This is my passion project. So I mean, I do this, you know, I would do this for free. I do all these things for free because I just love it. And I think it's so important. So if you have a question or just want to ask me something, want to talk to me about it, shoot me an email. You can contact me right there and I will happily chat. Well, thank you so much. It's very generous of you. And I know that our, our, our listeners appreciate having you on here. Have a great one, Tracy. Thanks. <laughs> thank you.